Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to each other so they can once and for all decide who has better taste. My name is Hugh Dempsey and I am joined, as always, by Sam Blakely. Hello Sam, how are you? Not so bad, Hugh. Not so bad. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good, as, as said, you just not mentioned. So bad. <laughs> not so bad. Now, it's been, uh, it's been one podcast week since we last spoke, but it's been two weeks, really, since we last recorded. That's a, a long time. What have you been viewing, listening to, feeling in that uh, interim? Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Um, I had to spend a good week mopping up my brains off the floor after we did Primer, because uh, <laughs> they all fell out after being so confused by the uh, inherently confusing plot of that film. So, that was yeah, great, um, and uh, you know, thanks again to, <laughs> to Ben and Baxter for being part of that. Yeah, <laughs> they handled it without them. Yeah, it was a great episode when I listened back. I really enjoyed listening to it um, personally. And I've yeah, some cool stuff came out on Netflix. Um, I watched, finished off watching all of Ozark. I might have mentioned that on the previous oh, yeah, a few times. Yeah, that's one day when we're grey and old, and we'll do our TV show episodes when we've got the time. You know, please watch this TV show with us, or whatever we're going to call it. Um, it's, a, it's an inevitability at this point when we run out of is, films yeah when we run out of films and and then when we're like 70 we can do uh, please read this <laughs> but I've been please take watched... your tablet <laughs> yeah don't forget to take your tablet at this time um, so yeah in terms of film though I watched last week the De Five Bloods the Spike Lee joint mm. as he always likes to call his films um, see now I thought that would be an episode that we were going to do when you mentioned that you were going to watch that and I thought yep yeah, that would be topical new exciting I've seen other podcasters do it do you want to explain why we're not doing that so yeah so basically it's not a bad film I'm not it's by no means a bad film um, however I just don't think it's really as good as Black Klansman or Malcolm X, which I think are his two best films, and I think it would neither be of which I've seen, so that's probably better, better yeah, content. Exactly, I think it'd be disingenuous to recommend a film that I genuinely didn't love, essentially. Uh, so yeah, so we're not probably not going to do it. So go out and watch it, watch it yourself, Sam. You might you might come back and go, oh, we should definitely have done this. Why didn't you like it? And we can discuss that maybe at a later date. But for now, I'm going to discuss a film I do like. So neat segue. Picture the scene. It's 2008. You're what? 18 years old? 17? How old are you? In? 19, no, you're 19. Yeah, 19. You're 19 yeah, yeah. years old, and you're like, oh. Disney Pixar are making another film. It's about a little <laughs> robot that looks like Johnny Five. I'm all about that life. <laughs> so yeah. So, so we're going to do today's. Did you watch this in the cinema or? Um, Sadly, you... not. No, I didn't. I'm, unfortunately, I don't think I saw it for about two years until after it came out. So just right. put you out your misery, listeners. If you didn't listen to the end of last week's episode, uh, we're doing the like I said, the 2008 Disney Pixar film Wall E. So it turned out Sam hadn't seen this, um, and part of our remit here at Please Watch This is to get Sam to watch some films that he should have watched. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's quite. It's it's actually. A simple concept for the show, quite hard to put into one sentence, but basically gaps in our viewing history. We'd like to, yeah. we'd like to figure out. Yeah, yeah. So. And I don't really know why I had never seen it because I do love <laughs> Disney Pixar films. I've seen most of the big ones. Inside Out's one of my favourite films. Toy That's why I assumed you'd seen it, seen it because you had seen Inside Out. So I was just mm. like, he's clearly seen Wall-E. There's no point in even broaching this yeah. film well that's him. it and so it's it's great Disney Plus is out so here we are two months later celebrating that fact and I have been watching a lot of Disney Plus recently um, quite a lot of re-watching the Simpsons episode where Bart gets an elephant because um, my three year old daughter just insists on watching it on loop <laughs> <laughs> what she, she, she just like elephant stampy isn't it the I elephant think she likes the elephant show? yeah she likes it. it's called stampy she likes when he says where's my elephant and she, she likes all the elephant elephant things it's a phase very very nice very nice so let's get into wally then shall we mm. uh, well before cause... we do i think i think there is a more there is a timely element of this film and that is the the sad passing of Fred Willard last month, um, who appears in this film, obviously. And it was quite interesting because I think I'm right in saying that, well, this 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 might just be a bias in my memory. I'm sure his death wasn't reported for a while because I think I only became aware of it about two weeks ago and he died a month ago now. It might have been May. one of those situations where he might have passed away 
and it wasn't common knowledge and then the family released a statement sometimes that I happens think so. with certain um it was literally the day that the day that I found out he died, uh, which is always when you assume they die, I was watching Space Force, the new Steve Carell, Greg Daniels show on Netflix, and he appears on it as Steve Carell's dad. Um, and it's just this pang of sorrow, really, that it was there, you know, one of his last projects. So I thought I'd just, I just want to spend a minute, really, what would you say, would, what stands out for you? Because he's, he's, he's not known for one role. He's been in hundreds of things. Yeah, I mean... For me, he's most memorable is as the um, TV station executive boss in Anchorman. Um, <laughs> again, he just gets some brilliant lines in that film. Um, just hilarious lines. Uh, you know, when he's on the phone and he's like, I can never remember the line. I'm quite bad at remembering Anchorman lines, so I'm going to avoid them here. But yeah, he's just a comic genius. That, mm. that He's one, a great straight man. In my opinion. A great straight man, such warmth, very easy to love. And you know, for for listeners, if you if you're not quite sure who Fred Willard is, he's probably most commonly known as appearing in a lot of Chris, Christopher Guest written films like This Is Spinal Tap, Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, and I think the one that I um, best rec- best knowing from is For Your Consideration. But I was looking through his IMDb history, and he has been in at least one episode of almost every single decent comedy for the last 20 or 30 years, and, and plenty of non-decent ones as well. <clears throat> Whether it's, he was in Sister Sister for a couple of episodes, he was in Dexter's Lab, he was in Friends, he, he's been in, uh, you know, Modern Family, which again, one of the not-so-great ones, but he's basically been in everything. Um, so yeah, our hearts go out to, to old Freddy. Yeah, apparently, so just to link it back to um, Wally, he was saying, so he was speaking in 2012 saying, about landing the job of Wally said it was amazing. They called me and it was like they were trying to woo me to convince me to do it. So, you know, they really right. recognised his his talent there. And yeah, you know, there's well, these he's sort got of... that edge as... Sorry, I was going to say, he's a, he's a sort of straight man, but he's also um, believable as a kind of underhanded straight man, as a president in this uh, in this film. You know, kind of yeah. like, he, he'll... He, yeah, he'll he'll try to sugarcoat something that's oh, going I, wrong. Yeah, basically. like a, I, I see what you said. Yeah, he's like the um, like a bent politician sort of, you know. Yeah, yeah, with a big you smile, know, public face. Yeah, but behind yeah. the scenes, sort of, you know, taking bungs or trying to cover something up, and but in a kind of a bungly, hilarious way, sort of. Thing, exactly, and you know, most importantly, yeah. was in Community as the alter alter version of Pierce. Um, Is he? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Arbed is imagining that it's a sitcom because he's got uh, like a bad bad news that he's trying to avoid and he imagines them mm. as a sitcom and so Pierce, just Chevy Chase, wouldn't fit into that so it's Fred Willard who plays him because he's was much that, more lovable. Was that in series <laughs> four though? Because, the, was that the bad Ew, series? Four or, is, or five. Four or five. It five? It's quite good. It's quite a good, um, It's a well, I think it's four. Yeah, it must be series four, I think. Which one is it? Four or Maybe five? Not. Where it? No, I think off. it's five. I think it's, so. Series four is the gas leak year. Yeah, where series Dan, four, the where gas Dan leak Hammond year. wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. I, do you know, Summer? I what? I've I've only watched it once through once, and I didn't notice the quality drop off that dramatically. But I knew it was gonna. I knew it was supposed to be a thing. But I mm. was just. And then obviously you know that it. I think with season five they have the. Um, is it the the like the girl with the dragon tattoo style episode? <clears throat> Is that the, what with the the, um, the ass crap bandit? Yeah, and because that's so good, you think, oh, because that's so good, they wouldn't have been able to do that in series four, and that was kind of yeah, Dan Harmon a, almost a... saying, "This is what I do, and this yeah, is how good yeah. I am." Because series series four had most episodes was still were still a parody or a take on a film style or a genre style, yeah. but not quite good enough. So there's an episode where they're puppets. Um, but as a great video essay on basically saying this was just so we could get them as puppets whereas when it was Arbed's Christmas special and they were all claymation there was a sort of reason for that and it was more artfully done but yeah I, re- I re-watched it because it's on Netflix and I really appreciated season 6 whereas the first time around I just I just got through it and actually this time I, yeah, I thought it was fantastic but we're not here to talk about community no we're not 
We're not. We're going to talk about Wally. So, so well, here we are, ten minutes in again, talking about community. So, yeah, take it away on yeah. Wally. I mean, I'm going to have to do a special episode on it at this rate because <laughs> even I'm starting to dislike a show that I really enjoyed <laughs> when I watched it because you mentioned it will it have to be episode, episode one of our please watch this TV series. That yeah, doing. the first first year of our please watch this TV shows. <laughs> um, so I'm going to get straight into the reason why I like this film and reasons I think you liked this film because this is ultimately what we're trying to do here on Please Watch This is get our other presenter half. to... Yeah, I was like, half doesn't work in this result. Yeah, the other presenter <laughs> to enjoy a film, you know. So first of all, it's great physical comedy. There's very little dialogue in this film. There is, there's plenty in the second half of the film, I must admit. But in the first half of this film, there's so much that's shown. You know, it's show, don't tell. And it's mm. perfectly balanced. You've got the wonderful scene where you see Wally's life as a little trash compactor running around the city, making little cubes. You then get to see the physical like attraction that he has to Eve, Eva or Eve. I'm, right, I'm going to make a distinction here quickly. So to me, the the robot that is, I call it Eva because that's what Wally calls her, and that makes her distinct as a character. I feel from the other Eve robots that you briefly see. That's good. Yeah, so, I'll buy that. And in yeah, my head, he, was he always Eva goes Eva the whole way through. Yeah, and the subtitles always said Eve, and so let's call her Eva. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was a, it's a better name as well for Wally. So yeah, so he's chasing Eva around. He's intrigued, and he, you know, he's a, like a little lovesick puppy running after her which I think is really cute. Um, you know, you can definitely see the influence of silent film masters like Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keating in these in this film. So I think you'd really, I think you'd really enjoy that. And especially if you did watch this with your daughter, you know, sometimes for little kids of that age, because she's only three years old, you know, some dialogue, even what we would consider as simple dialogue might go over her head because she doesn't know the word. But a little robot chasing after his little friend, you know, trying to do stuff, with her, not in that way. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's it's universal. You know, it breaks language barriers. It's uh, it's very, I don't know how could I put this. It's very, it's very vis, almost a visceral sort of reaction you have to it because it it is so universal. That's what I'm going to call it, universal. So I think you'd, I think you'll enjoy that. Um, I think. You'd enjoy the actual special effects, you know, the way the animation is, you know, even I watching it today and I think it's dated a little bit, but at the same time, it still looked amazing. Like to me, there was, it was very sharp. It was very crisp, clean. Um, yeah. So I just, yeah, it was crisp, clean, beautifully stylistic. It was very much a Pixar film. You could see the little bits of animation, you know, the little hints to other Pixar products in there as well, which I always enjoy. And everyone kind of likes that. Whole, you, you've heard the theory, haven't you? That yeah. all the Pixar films are in the same universe. I love fan theories like that, you know, where it's, oh, these films by this director, Quentin Tarantino, they're all in the same universe. But they go out their way to to mess around with that and uh, really play up to that theory, I think, don't they? I like the fact that people are having to, like, someone's the, the, so when people are, what about cars? And they just go, oh, well, it's Earth, like, 10,000 years in the future and these, <laughs> yeah. and these are the only yeah. thing that have been left behind by humans it's yeah. it's cars and you're so, like so I mean we watch really? we watch okay. Zootropolis a lot a lot a lot we watch Zootropolis and yeah that's thousands of years into the future when predators are no longer predators and prey are no longer prey and they've somehow wiped out all the humans I think <laughs> Taking Fair their jobs is that the is that the uh, film theory for that one? I think that's just that's just the that's not even the subtext. That's just the text. <laughs> <laughs> so I also what I also think you'd like about this is um, it's got a very direct social message. You know, it's about environmentalism, consumer capitalism. Um, you know, it's about society and it's you know it's it's set in this dystopian future but at the same time it's you know it's got quite a hopeful message as well which i quite like you know the, it's the that, message that, that even even when we destroy the planet we'll get our own sort of moving chairs and screens that we don't have to hold is that the message 
Living the dream. It's <laughs> <laughs> literally through lockdown. Oh, I could have done with that. I was uh, last night. I was I was trying to lie in bed and watch the football on my iPad. And there's no comfortable way to lie down and hold an iPad because it's uh, it especially when it's landscape. It won't stand itself up. So I'm all for that. I'm all for that future that you see. <laughs> that's the kind of message yeah. of the film. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's got so you know so it's got that sociological message in there. You know about what sort of corporations kind of do to us and what they sort of mould us into being and then I also think that the soundtrack's really good in this film I think you enjoyed the soundtrack you know they play up to that uh, musical that's always being played Um, I think it's called um, something Dolly Hello Dolly I've got it here Hello Dolly, yeah, the Barbara Streisand film. It's also which stars um interestingly Oh Betty, it's Michael Crawford. Mm-hmm. You've got <laughs> to do the impression whenever you speak to him, haven't you? Speak about him, haven't you? <laughs> and in a very different sort of you know, phase of his career, I think. Yeah, I didn't even realise it was him until the very end of the film. I was like, oh. And then the first time I watched it, I didn't even know it was uh, Michael Crawford. So, mm. you know, fair play to him. And do you all know, that by sort of, the way, I'm guessing he... Do you know the link yes, between Hello Dolly? <laughs> no, do you know the link between Hello Dolly and one of our f- previous episodes? Is this the Hello Dolly, Dolly of the? Musicals? Is it the Hello Dolly of the sixties? That that film that's on there. Yeah, the nineteen sixty nine film. Yeah, there is a, there is a link with another film that we've covered that came out around. around Sam, about this time. is film forty eight, so. I'm going to say Aliens. <laughs> uh, Butch and Sundance. When Butch and Sundance go to New York, when they're, you know, evading the authorities, there's that funny little musical interlude. And it was because, part of it was because they struggled to get shots in a uh, New York set. They actually filmed a bunch of stuff with New York sets that were made for Hello Dolly. But Hello Dolly was due to come out shortly before or shortly after, so they said you can't use them. So that's my little there um, go. yeah intertextuality. I, do you know what? I think you 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 did mention that on the Butch Cassidy episode. Actually, I did. Fact, I did, and that's kind did. of it's I evidence for our fact. fans out there who are creating the fan theory that all of our episodes take part in the same universe. That's why we're choosing these films because mm. they all take part in the same same universe. Yeah, that's uh, it's a solid theory. I like it. Yeah, I'm looking um, forward to all the might find mad it later. Pepe Sylvia diagrams that people are going to create as a result. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should be good. So, what you might not like about this film, and I don't think there's going to be much, you either liked it or you didn't, and I don't think you didn't like it. I think this was a pretty low... You know, if this is this fruit's lo- hanging so low, it's touching the grass. <laughs> but, um, you know, like most Disney Pixar films, it's a little saccharine, and that's fine when you may be a kid, because like, all films are quite saccharine as a kid, but as an adult, you might kind of roll your eyes a bit. Um, but I don't. you're not that kind of person to not enjoy the uh, the kind of tone that Pixar takes. Now I'm 31, film, maybe so. I'm too jaded. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Let's find out. <laughs> but I don't know. You do. You probably do watch a lot of Disney films, to be fair. Mm. As you just mentioned, you've been watching a lot of... The Simpsons, though, is very uh, tongue-in-cheek and very self-referential and, you know, very it's, self-aware. It's a safe show that we can watch and enjoy with a three-year-old who also enjoys it it is I mean yeah. we watched Rick and Morty again today and I, she's now getting to an age where it's becoming a bit <laughs> a bit wrong it's fine when she was two when it was her favourite TV show now yeah, I'm not she sure can't watch that mm, yeah. um, what I might say is that you might not like it and it's quite jarring in this film because apparently it was the first time that Pixar used uh, live action in one of its films like I found that I'd forgotten that this was in it uh, the live action bits mm. and when I was watching it I was like oh that's a bit jarring because I knew that it was going to swap over to animation so I, I don't think it really I think if I was to give this film it's the, my only real criticism of this film is I don't think it worked and I think the fact that you don't see it in subsequent films is that it didn't work here and I don't think it's sort of a artistic choice I think they went oh that's too jarring mm. let's not do that again but I could be wrong and I didn't read anything to the contrary um and then maybe, maybe you might say that, is the premise good enough to hold your attention for 90 minutes? You know, about the, you know, it goes through a cut, you know, it's got quite a strong three-act structure as this film, which is, it's to its credit, but it's ostensibly it's about protecting this plant. And I don't know if that's perhaps got a full 90 minutes worth of enjoyment in it. And, you know... I would say ultimately it's, you know, it's Robot and Juliet, this film, <laughs> to an extent. 
you know, and it's uh, still a better love story than Twilight, despite <laughs> the fact that nobody in this is real. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> and then maybe the final thing I put here, perhaps it is missing some of it, of the usual Pixar warmth. It might be a little sterile, even though it's got its moments. Pixar is a lot more twee, I guess, maybe, or it evokes those real, like, heartstring moments in a lot of its films, and maybe this didn't have enough of them for people to to enjoy. But I personally, I think it did. But that's, yeah. Right, so what we're going to do, we're going to have a quick break. Sam's going to uh, do the Macarena, and then I'm going to listen to him while he tells me what he thinks about Wally. So join us after the break. Look forward to that. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. Right, so as I said before the break, we're now going to get what Sam thinks of Wally. Alright, let's do it. So as we always do, I'll start with the things that I like. And I, I do think you've you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, in terms of what's good about this film, you know, it's not particularly insightful for me to say that it is, you know, well, like you said, low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit. It's hard to dislike this film. I think, you know, um, yeah, it's because they've spent so long on their films. That everybody knows what they're doing. They spend about five years uh, often with these films, and I've heard in an interview, I think it was about Toy Story. They say they spend uh, a year in just research. Just doing, oh, it was for Zootropolis. They just spent a year researching. Um, so for this, I was going to say Zootropolis isn't Disney Pixar, is it? Uh, um, oh, maybe not. Dreamworks, I think. I think you might be right. Actually, yeah, it must be something. Oh, it must maybe it must be Inside Out then that I'm thinking of. But anyway, this they'll spend a year researching, and so for a film like this, as we always do, since I'm the person having it recommended to me, I've not done any research. I just want it to be my response. But I'm assuming they'd have spent it spent a year looking at all kinds of things that almost don't make it into the film in terms of robotics, you know, diet, bone density, and all that, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> just throwing ideas around. You know, how could we get this to happen? Who should we focus on? Oh no, sorry, I do apologise. It it is Disney. Mm. I don't think it's Disney Pixar, though. I should know. I've seen the credits a million times, but it's it's on Disney Plus, so it's Disney. Who cares? You know, it's it's the sort of same group of people, um, and they're, yeah, they're incredibly um, meticulous with these things, and it, and it really shows through because it, it is plotted really well in that sense. It's got you know a very clear vision. It is. It's just very likable. Wally's a very charming character, which is one of the probably our most overused words. Charming. Well, yeah, I had to try and avoid using that uh, adjective earlier because it's it, it, we do use it too much, and it's an easy one for us to fall back on. So I, that's why I, I didn't mention it. At all. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it, but it is. Sometimes it's hard to avoid it when it's when it's the truth. And you're right. It's, it's very show don't tell. It's 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 great visual storytelling, and that's a really bold move when you know that you're making it fundamentally for young children you know to sit through and I think I did try to watch it probably a year or two ago and must have just been in the wrong mood because I got a bit bored because there's really no te- no dialogue for the first what 20 minutes 30 minutes 40 minutes for a long time yeah so it's about 29 I think it's 29 minutes or 26 minutes without any dialogue and then um, 39 minutes until an actual person speaks right that's right and could be it it's it's not an easy film for a young child to sit and watch without doing other things but it's you know there's plenty of adults who struggle with it as well and i think that's sort of in some ways the downside not with the film but with my response to it is that i watched this film i basically consciously tried to watch this film with my daughter so it took three installments this week and <laughs> during all three of those it was while i was trying to watch the film whilst also maintain her attention because it's I don't know if you know this three year olds they, they sort of prefer it when you're paying them attention <laughs> rather than other things so I've met a few yeah so you know I was watching the, the climactic uh, finish to this film whilst making a Thomas and Tank Engine train track you know, so I did not watch this yeah, in the I best yeah I suppose maybe three's too young for, yeah. for this film maybe like Seven, I'd say, maybe would be this is an it. age where they. I can get us to sit down on the sofa, sit and watch eat a film. popcorn while we watch a film, 
and then when the popcorn's all gone, then she'll want to play golf <laughs> in the living room and all these things. So I didn't watch it under the best circumstances. I probably should have watched it in an evening again. But I've just been getting into uh, FIFA Ultimate Team, so that's kind of out the window. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, our podcast comes second. Yeah, so listen, just yeah, so I mean, that you know, understandably. I mean, you know, the, these this is the situation, the unavoidable situation I found myself in. I really can't think of another way around around the problem. Um, but it's good. It's funny. It's, you know, like we said, visual humour. I really like the way they've portrayed humans 700 years from now, seven or 800 years from now. Um, and the, you know, a, a sort of more boomer type person, to use that uh, no longer topical phrase. Boomer um, lives matter, Sam. Yeah. Uh, they they would see this as like, oh, well, that's just, that's just the, the young'uns nowadays. That's the millennials when they mean... Gen Zs um, nowadays, <laughs> yeah, you know, and somebody could interpret this as just being boomer humor in that sense. But you know, it's it, Idiocracy did it as well before. People are just surrounded by screens and they're all stupid and ugly and uh, and have no attention span. And it, you know, it's probably true. Because Sorry, I was thinking that <laughs> I was doing something. Else I could see I you were you were doing something else. Down, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was I saying about uh, FIFA or something? Shall I, do you want to play FIFA? Yeah, yeah. What's the, why have we got a microphone in front of me? Do you have any? Um, Did you know we have a pool? on your phone? Or... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it is a sort of um, exaggerated sort of view, obviously, but quite sort of realistic. Yeah. You know? The only thing I, yeah, the, it, there's a fine line in this film. There was a there was a couple of scenes where I was like. You know, where Wally's waving his hand in front of one of the people in the chairs. And the screen she's got in front of us is see-through. And she's like, oh, I didn't know we had a pool. And it's like, you can see see through it. It's not, if it was Mm. opaque and she couldn't see beyond that, that would be funny. Because she'd be like, oh, she would spend no time not looking in a screen. So she never noticed it, but I, yeah, my, the credulity in it was a little stretched at that bit. Which but is, but it's not which, trying to you know suspend your disbelief in that sense, is it? It's not trying, you know. No, <laughs> but no, I, no, I, I mean, I this, is it, it, you know. this is it, isn't it? When when you do a Disney Pixar film, is they're so well made. Like mm. bad films, you don't really look too deeply into them because they're badly made. But a film that's got such care and attention, you start criticizing it for <laughs> stuff the most that's, minor, pointless, pedantic. Yeah, things. It, to me, that looks like one of those things where. The script that had one thing, and then the the actual animation had another. Yeah, and they never amended one to fit the other. I think if I was to get into the first actual genuine criticism of this film, because so far it's been I was too lazy to watch it in better circumstances, and one pedantic point. I don't. Maybe I missed this. I didn't get a strong sense of does Wally want people to go back to Earth or not. Well, his directive is to clean it up, so I'm guessing he does. But the point I mean, would, it like, it, it was... It, that, that, his motivation was never to get people back to Earth, is it? What I wanted was, you know, this is there's kind of an A plot and a B plot, and actually the romance plot yeah. is sort of the A plot when it's normally the B plot, you know, him going after Eva. I want, what you want really is your A plot and your B plot to be... Um, to be tied in and they sort of I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say here but basically I wanted Wally to have an opinion on whether or not they got the ship to earth rather than just right. saving Eva I wanted I wanted yeah I wanted Wally to care that he got the the, the plant to the captain rather not. than just caring that Eva was okay yeah and it, it made me a bit sense. again maybe I've missed something but it just made me confused as his motivation beyond Eva because and even Eva's motivation because she sort of has to be programmed to get the plant to the to the captain but yeah again I wanted that to tie in a little bit more because because I want to know whether I should care that they get back to earth or not because I don't care I think it's you know I don't care if they get back to earth because earth's like it's a happy ending when they get back to earth but they're gonna die like there's a few plants surely they've got things that axiom <laughs> they can eat but what are they they're not fit for cleaning up the earth it's still sulfurous basically just some little plants can you know like it's 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 one of those happy endings until you think about it 
Yes, it is. And they do show a bit of like post credit like rebuilding and them starting to lose weight and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Which I quite which I quite liked. Um yeah, I never thought about it to be honest. It, it, to me, his motivation for the entire film was just to to be with Eva essentially, and mm. to save her when she needed saving, and to because he feels was like he was kind he, of like a love. He's a bit of a lovesick puppy, isn't he? Yeah, he's a romantic as well, isn't he? Collecting his little trinkets. Yeah. So to me, it feels like maybe he doesn't want people to return to Earth because that's they're going to be treading on all his stuff and and you know taking all all that stuff. And I kind of wanted that to be integral to to the conflict of the plot, really. Yeah, I suppose he cares by osmosis, essentially, I would argue, that because Eva cares about getting the plant to the captain and the captain cares about going back to Earth, then you could say, well, she's following her directive, he's following her, he he cares about it as well because it's important Mm -hmm. to her. And You're right, and at least the A plot and the B plot are both... um, what's the word like satisfied or whatever yeah by them returning to earth because Wally gets Eva and Eva does her job and everybody all the people get back to earth but yeah it was yeah. you know it is a criticism because because I genuinely didn't know how I was supposed to feel or how Wally felt about field uh, felt about things like getting the plant to the captain but maybe I, I, I don't know maybe I would I would have just liked it if they'd have made it clear that Wally wants them to get back to earth I suppose is what I'm saying yeah, they they don't. You're right. Um, it's not something I noticed upon watching it either time. Um, but there you go. That's his life. So, what was your favourite scene in this film, then, Sam? I found this very difficult, really difficult. I, there's a couple that stand out as, uh, as things I like. So I do like it when they get back to Earth um, as a scene in terms of how it's done and everyone's kind of confusion because obviously the, the humans aren't clamouring to get back to Earth. They're, they're sort of like, okay. Um, and as as part of that, I really liked it when the ship tipped over and they're all sliding down and trying not to squash each other and get squashed. And then you have kind of Eva deciding between saving the people and saving Wally. Wally makes that noble sacrifice. Again, it might have been the, the, the how distracted I was by trying to make a train track and so on, but it felt like I should have... <laughs> it felt like it should have been a really cathartic moment when Wally sac- sacrificed himself very sad but then holds on to Eva's hand um, and I'd sort of intellectually was like yeah that's that's a great moment but I'm not feeling anything um, so in short I think it's I think it's where the ship's tipping over and Wally sacrifices himself yeah and he gets crushed in that Machine, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's a good bit. Um, my favourite scene of the film uh, was the space dance, as I've dubbed it here. <laughs> that, is, that is beautiful. Uh, this, you know, will be more poetic. We'll call it the space ballerine ballet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I really dancing? liked that scene. Mm. Yes, a hoedown dancing. <laughs> a hoedown, yeah. And I do love the captain's <laughs> like naivety. You know, like pizza plants and yeah. so on. <laughs> Yeah, he's very he's he's actually quite likable by the end of the film, I think. Yeah, he's, he's he kind of reflects Wally. He's quite naive, isn't he? And he's like, it's amazing. he's kind of in love with the idea of going back to Earth, and Wally's in love with Eva. And yeah, I really like that sort of. Uh, but he's not even he's not uh, even that in love with going back to Earth. I think like he's a bit kind of a he just sort of doesn't know what Earth is, does he? Really, um, but he he grows yeah, and he falls in love with it. It's like a naive curiosity, isn't it? Yeah. And that's what Wally has for Eva. I think maybe they're supposed to reflect each other, aren't they, in a mm. way? Um, I do really like the space dance. I think that's a really beautiful scene in the movie. I would have loved um, to see that at the cinema. But, yes. But I must admit, I think the bit when the captain stands up and they do the um, the Strauss bit from mm. 2001 yeah. Space Odyssey, yeah, yeah. that bit had me laughing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's you basically know, Hal that he's, uh, he's, he's uh, contesting with, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually surprised. I think maybe because it's a kid's film, they didn't go with a Hal voice. They went with a yeah. more... Oh, I really at least expected him. At some, I really expected him at one point at least to say something like, "I'm afraid I can't do that, Captain." You know, and I don't think he ever said that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Wouldn't it? <laughs> Even if it was, I think the the um, the autopilot or the navigation system is called Otto in this, right? So, I was hoping he was if Otto was going to say something kind of Hal-esque. Yeah, yeah which I was yeah. a little, which I think. 
to kids, like if you look, what if you watch that those scenes in two thousand and one, the Space Odyssey, out of context, it just looks like a sort of apathetic robot saying he can't do something. <laughs> it's, the, it's that the malevolence. You know, like it's you only say. in the context. Of, yeah, it's only in the context of the film where you see the malevolence of Hal and his how, how his programming is uh, trying to murder everyone. Yeah, so it's a much more kind <laughs> so of can complete not. his mission. It's a more opaque nod to the adults. Yeah. But if it had just said something yeah. that was obviously a, a, a quote from 2001, it would have been just a little bit sweeter. Yeah, I like to now think that there's going to be a generation of children going up, going and watching 2001 A Space Odyssey and going, oh, it's the computer from, uh, from <laughs> yeah. Wally. What a rip-off. <laughs> yeah. 40 years yeah. previous. Well, hang on a second. <laughs> Yeah. I know that um, that's happened with a few films. I can't think of any off the top of my head, to be honest. But it has happened with me with a few films over the years mm. where I've watched it and then I've gone back and it's referencing something else and me going, oh yeah, of course. That was the original <laughs> progeniture of S- that. Same, was, that same um, as when you ever watch a Treehouse of Horror Simpsons episode. You go, oh, now that I've seen amateurville horror or i've seen tales of the unexpected or something uh or yeah Twilight or the shining, Zone or the shining. Nice. you immediately case, get yeah. it yeah yeah exactly yeah only yeah. about six months ago um favorite line what would you say is your favorite line so i only had to be honest i only had one favorite line in this film understandably because it's quite a um, there's only about 15 lines you know, in the whole film <laughs> yeah it's quite dialogue light which is part of its charm mm. there's that word again but there you go and um is where he sees manual operation instructions and he goes, Manuel, operate instructions. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliantly funny. <laughs> I love that. I love wordplay. So yeah, yeah that bit was my favourite line really of the film. What about you, Sam? Mine was actually one of the captain's lines when, it's, uh, when it says, um, what is it, voice activation needed? And he says, uh, it says voice activation, uh, recognise, you know, like that's enough of a line. I do like it when he says pizza plants as well. Just his... Just his yeah. naivety and his <laughs> and his gluttony uh, of kind of you know we're going to make you're going to do all lots of farming all kinds of plants pizza plants uh, which is great yeah I, in fact I was inspired to have pizza tonight for my tea because of <laughs> that's my excuse from yep. two days ago yes <laughs> I was also inspired <laughs> to have pizza every Tuesday from Papa John's because it's two for one but we're not sponsored <laughs> no. yeah but if Papa John wants to throw some of that sweet pizza that sweet sweet well, base be I would very, be yeah. yeah. Absolutely fine I'd be with very that. happy with that. So yes, so I've just got a couple of observations for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so on me, brother. how many people suffocated to death uh, when the ship started to list? <laughs> the ballpark yeah, figure. They, they they kind of underplay the definite deaths that that occurred, and he's like, "Oh, I'll just flip it back casually," and they go, "Oh," and some of them comically hit a wall, but. You know, a hundred people died, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, like when you saw them pressing up against the glass. I mean, I've seen that film that they did about the uh, Hillsborough disaster. Yeah, and it shows quite graphically people suffocating in that. F- in that, even though it's not real, it shows it, and you'd be like, "Yeah, they definitely suffocated there's, to death at the bottom of that." There's, there's quite a lot of just um, um, just robot death, like the one that's left out on the deck when he's doing the job. And after they've done the dancing, they're going. <laughs> yeah, they play it for laughs, don't they? Yeah, the other one who's banging like, on the thing. The other one who like falls, <laughs> and it looks like he's going to make it into the pool, and just smashes to death on the side of the pool. Yes, Un- unmourned. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but sorry, sorry. You know, generally, that that was to be fair. That was my only observation for uh, <laughs> this episode. Yeah, usually I have more, but it's there's, it's all up there, isn't it, with this film? It's, <laughs> look, there's not a lot. We could, look, Sam, if you wanted, we've got a bit of time to play with this week. We could get into the weeds about consumer capitalism, if you want. I think we're on the same page there, aren't we? We know what we're doing. Yeah. We know what each other think. I think one of the... I think you did mention that it, it might be a bit sterile, this film, and I think you're right. Like, some of the greatest Pixar films I've cried to several times, even though I've seen Inside Out ten times, I still cry. I didn't come close to shedding a tear at this film but again it might be the situation i've watched it in a you know in installments trying to trying to entertain a three-year-old uh yeah who knows who knows I, 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 at the cinema it felt it was very um very heartwarming for me was this film you know i said earlier you might have you might have found it saccharine you know that's what you're going to get with a pixar film hmm. so i was on board with that and i'd forgotten like a scene that I maybe didn't mention was the like pretty much the last scene where 
you know, Wally seems to have forgotten who Eva is when he's been rebooted and fixed. And that, that contact between the two and where she holds his hand. And then that, he, that reminds him that, and there's a little spark between them. I did enjoy that. And yeah. that moved me in, uh, maybe not to tears, but it was certainly warmed the old cockles of the heart to say that, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And at, at this point I was just saying to my daughter, okay, uh, after it's finished, I'll get you some after it's finished. So again, that kind of ruined it. But yeah. you know, I think I think that is... Yeah, it's a it's a it's a false um, defeat, and then they they snatch victory from those jaws. It's, it's very nice. They moment. did indeed. So what we're going to do is we're going to have another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get Sam's rating. We're going to get the critics' review, and we're going to have a wee quiz, and then we're also going to discuss the film that we're going to be looking at next week. So join us after the break. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. So, Sam, yes. I have a question for you. Go on. How many wall R's out of ten would you give this one? <laughs> They're ah. big, aren't they? Uh, I, yeah. I've deliberated about this. I think it's 7.5, which is a lukewarm, yeah. good response. It just didn't grab me, like you know and make me feel things but I, but I can see that it's a, a really good film at the same time I think with this film is would you what, say in a couple of years time when Lily's like maybe six seven years old when she's got the attention span to sit and watch a 90 minute film without being completely distracted would you watch it again with her yes definitely I th- would I you think, show it to her yeah I think we'll watch it I'll definitely watch this several more times on the subject of the 90 minute film thing with Disney Plus I've not watched any of them yet but the the live action remakes you know they're like two hours long for instance like Lion King Aladdin the the live, live yeah. remake Aladdin it's two who's that made for two hours long why why, why, do, you, why do you need to add 30 minutes family audiences but I enjoyed it when I watched it to be honest it was better than I expected two hours is a very long I was, time I really was expecting a um a terrible film, to be honest. I was expecting it to be a bit, um, you know, that old nostalgia isn't as good as it used to be, but yeah. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, don't think it's as good as the original, though. But yeah, I, I see your point. I've not seen The Lion King, because, mm. I mean... What's the point? Sorry, I've seen The Lion... I've not seen The Lion King, yeah, and I've not seen um, The Jungle Book either. I'm guessing you've watched them. I've seen The Jungle Book. I saw that in the cinemas. Um, yeah, lots oh, of right, lots okay. of likable things, but it, it, again, it felt like it had to be some sort of cinematic epic when actually it doesn't. Anyway, yeah. that's my gears to so grind. Summer, what do you think Roger Ebert gave this as a star rating out of four? I think because he's a twinkle-eyed old um, romantic, I think four out of four. You think he gave it four? Mm. So he gave this one three and a half out of four. Three and a half out of but, four, okay. Yeah, would you like to hear what he had to say about it? <laughs> you know I do. So it's a, you know, it's a good, well, it's a good rating. In but, fact, uh, is that yeah, what I was, ex- that's, oh, that's more than I give it. Sorry, you know, go on, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, so he said, after Kung Fu Panda, I thought I had just about exhausted my emergency p- supply of childlike credulity. But here is a film like Finding Nemo that you can enjoy even if you've grown up. That it works lo- largely without spoken dialogue is all the more astonishing. It can easily cross language barriers, which is all the better considering that it tells a planetary story. So yeah, yeah. Liked it. as always, and it's the, it hits the nail on the head. I think it is just set it apart. There are some Disney films and Pixar films that come out where, since since becoming an adult, I've known that I don't need to watch them. You can sort of tell something about them tells you that it's it's only going to really be enjoyable properly to to young audiences. And then there's films. You're talking about Cars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've watched that a lot um, recently. Pl- is it Plane? Is it Planes? Did they do a Planes one as well? Something like that. I don't know. I oh, don't know. And and yeah. you can you can tell just by the marketing and the something about it that yeah, it's it's not to be enjoyed after year fifteen. Whereas the best ones like Toy Story, they just happen to be animated. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've actually not seen Finding Dory yet, so that may be something I could. Watch. I think I started you that. If you've seen it. We can, yeah, we can yeah. come to that later on. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Andrew Stanton, the director of this, he worked on Finding Nemo. Uh, mm. He was the direct, co-director of that, and 
you can see he's clearly knows how to create the peril that that's important. He did a bug's life as well. He's, so he's very good at that. And Toy Story, situation. Forget. <laughs> well, yeah, he did work on. He wasn't. He he didn't write Toy Story. I don't think. But they well, did win you know, the best. Do you know one of the people who did write Toy Story? Jesus Christ, superstar. Joss Whedon was one of the people who wrote it. I think he. I think Andrew Stanton was involved in writing it. I think there's three writers. I'm gonna have to uh, look it up. What's his name? The the guy okay. who directed it, John Lasseter. Is that his name? Yeah. Who did Toy Story? Hansi Lasseter. Now, as he's known. What? Oh yeah, he got in trouble for having wandering hands. Oh dear. Oh Hansi. Mm. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was what, yeah dear. Oh so dear. The writer. Uh, oh no, sorry, you're right. Oh crikey, about ten people wrote this. Film. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew Stanton so is credited John twice. <laughs> Original story by Andrew Stanton. Stanton. John Ranft, if that's how you pronounce that. Mm. I'm not very good with my German pronunciations. Anything when they throw a F extra and a T, yeah, Ranft. Yeah, three consonants in a row. Yeah. You're you're Oh right, so yeah, just yeah. reading. It's one of those Joss surprising Whedon, ones, like um, like how Joel Cohen. Is that Joel Cohen of Joel and Ethan Cohen? No, I think that's no, Joel Cohen of Garfield. Um, Tom, uh, Bill, Bill Murray. Apparently, when he was asked why did you do Garfield, he said, "Well, I thought one of the Cohen brothers was doing it, but it was a different Cohen." And I don't know if that's just an excuse to to cash that check, but that's what he said. Joel Cohen, Alec Sokolow, and Ron Diesel. That's a great name. Um, apparently, all those people had a hand in writing the story. In the so, yeah. so to be fair to him, so yeah, he he he's got the nous of what makes a great Pixar film. The, and yeah, you can see that. Yes. Yeah. Would you like to hear another review? Um, yes, that's that was a great yes. You did see how you did that without even moving your lips. Wordless. This one's a bit longer because it it's. It's from The Guardian. It's by uh, a reviewer I'm not actually familiar with. Somebody called Zan Brooks. Nor I. Don't know who that is. So Loser. This was yeah, it was a contemporary review from back in 2008. Uh, it's quite a long one, this one, because they praise it, but they also do have a bit of criticism for it, which I think you'll appreciate. So, what a rich, uh, strange and intriguing picture this is. A wintry Cassandra in the guise of a pearl bright summer blockbuster there is something giddily impressive in the way in which its makers have cherry-picked a crop of antique ingredients and then forged them into something new the plot is a meld of silent running metropolis and robinson crusoe at times it is possible to catch the ghost of charlie chaplin behind Wally's silent stoic pursuit of his social better you know a bit like the tramp which i quite like uh, that sort of you know allusion to at others, the film's central romance plays like the Genesis story with Woody Allen and Diane Keaton cast in the roles of Adam and Eve. Uh, <laughs> the narrow neck and blinking binocular specs and uh, specs are a dead giveaway, uh, he says. Um, so that's what he liked about the film. And then here's a bit of the criticism that you might recognise. So Wally, the movie, actually has more in common with Eve. It is an exquisitely rendered piece of work, beautiful, flawless, serious in its intent and hermetically sealed. You can admire it to the skies and back. You can even learn to love it from a distance. But does Andrew Stanton's film amount to much more than a brilliant aesthetic exercise? And he says, I am not convinced it does. Now, wow, I get that's so after... Yeah, so I read that review and was, that's why I asked earlier, you know, does, you know, when I was essentially ripped what they said in their review, does, <laughs> you know, uh, perhaps it's missing some of the warmth that other Disney Pixar films have. And yeah, I can see that argument. Personally, it doesn't play for me because I think there is a warmth to this film that's there and there is a there is a love story between Wally and Eva, I think, personally. Uh, she goes out of her way to save him at the end. You know, she doesn't have to if she didn't care about him. Yeah, it's not one-sided the whole way through, is it? Which I think is a great, great idea to have that. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the, like I said, I like the um, comparison to The Tramp. Uh, that's really good. The Child uh, Chapman. Would you agree film. with Mr... S yeah. yeah. Would you agree yeah. with Mr. Stanton? Uh, sorry, Mr. Brookson, <laughs> I think. Well, the name's Z X A N, so I'm assuming that's Zan. But I don't know if that's... I'm assuming that's a Possibly. man as well. So if you are a woman, I do apologise. But 
it wasn't obvious by the name. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe not to you, uh, you know, Western racist. Um, no, I think that's... Hey, that. hey, hey. <laughs> I'm not Western. <laughs> no, I'm joking there, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you are Western. <laughs> not going to take that. Um, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I think I do. And I, I, Yeah, I just wish that I'd watched it in the right circumstance and probably when I was younger, I think, and in the cinema, especially that the ballet dance hoedown scene fair enough rightio so as always we like to check how well you were watching the film mm. and if you were listening and you know I think this is going to be more difficult this week for you because obviously like you said you had uh, your little daughter running around causing some mayhem and having a great old time so I also think a lot question. of these questions are going to be about numbers in the film because I don't know many other things it could be about but let's find out let's find out okay we will we will so question one there's a billboard at the beginning of the f- right at the beginning of the film. What does it say on the billboard? Um, I assume it's a BNL uh, by and large. It is themed thing. Uh, is it something about food? Nope. It's to do with clothes. It's to do with um, the robot that Wally is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a slogan. Oh, I should know this. I don't know it. I don't know it. It's working to dig you out. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Question two. What is the ship that they're on called? The Axiom. What is an Axiom? I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you got? (laughs) Um, Apparently, an Axiom is a a statement in mathematics that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. That is unquestionably true. That is axiomatically true. Yes. Which is a tautology. Yes. <laughs> but I think it looks more like a terrapin than a tortoise, personally. But that's just my opinion. Get out. What is... Is a good film. So what is... So you already mentioned it. So this is an easy one to... to uh, this one's easy for you. What is the name of the company that built the Axiom? The ba- is it called the By Axiom. and Large? B and L. It B&L. is called By and Large. By and Large, well yeah. 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 So here's the so here's a difficult one. Uh, the name Wally is an acronym. What does it stand for? I should know that. Absolutely should know that. Did you pause it and have a read? No, think, oh, I'm going to have to. In his film. It's bound to be waste. Uh, into his. <laughs> yep. Waste is the A and. Nope. Okay. Waste. At what I'll do. Arranger. Because I don't think you're going to get this. Waste arrangement. What does the? <laughs> yeah. Stop hurting yourself. <laughs> if you can get what the E stands for, I'll give you the. I'll give you the mark. Um, Earth. <laughs> and. <laughs> Earth and. Uh, earthly. No, that's not the earthly. answer. I'm not giving you the answer. Earth it's base. not. You know. No, close. Uh, so it was waste allocated load lifter, Earth class. Earth class, right? Class. Yeah. So I did. I did say what the E stands uh, for. Uh, I meant the whole of the E because it's a phrase, not just the word, is it? Isn't mm, it? Mm, but close. Mm. You were close. Um, <laughs> so, what should the passengers ask for in a cup to celebrate the seven hundredth anniversary? Is it? Uh, it's a cupcake, isn't it? It's the. Um, it is. Yeah, you got it right. Septi Sentinel or whatever. Mm. Yeah, cup, cup in a cake. Yeah, cake in a cup. Yeah, so Septua Centennial. <laughs> yeah. I love how he's reading it phonetically off the screen. That's great detail. Yeah, which isn't so the the Septua or the Ua bit. The UA isn't how you pronounce the seventh hundred anniversary. <laughs> it's just Sep's. It's Sep Centennial. Right. Right. So I'm think. I so I'm guessing they've put that in. I thought it was like an allusion to the company, the B&L company. I thought that was something that they were putting in there. Right, so we've got one more question. What does Eve stand for? Now, this one I think I got. Uh, I remember seeing it and thinking, yeah, this is a question. Extraterrestrial. Vegetation. Extractor. Excavator. You You know what? You're close, and I'm going to give it to you because I'm the nice it's guy. Evaluator. Evaluator, that was it, that was it. I really thought about yeah. writing it down in my notes, and I thought, do you know what, I want this to do this organically and genuinely. I'll either get it right or I'll get it wrong. On my own terms. Yeah, no, you did very Thanks, well. Mate. Well done. Uh, 
I'll give it to you because you know you're quite you're quite kind when it comes to too kind on our quiz, and nobody's keeping score no. for whatever. Listener, reason. if you are keeping score, I'd love <laughs> um, to know. Please, please tell us. Yeah, who's winning? I bet on you. Probably are because I'm so nice. You are indeed. <laughs> you are a bit too nice. Yeah, so that's the film. Yeah, so you got uh, four out of six. I gave you an extra one this that week. Is just way uh, too kind. Because I. Because I know how you like a good quiz. I do, I do like it. So any final thoughts, Sam, on <sighs> Wally? Anything? Would you recommend this film as we always always ask? Would you? I would. Would you go up to people in the street and go, watch Wally? I, w- uh, I wouldn't do that. That's mental. <laughs> but um, no, I would recommend I would recommend this film. But you, I just, I'm, I don't know why I'm so half-hearted about it. But yeah, it's good. Disney Pixar, you're basically guaranteed a very enjoyable film. Great stuff. I know from my point of view, I would say I enjoyed it when I first saw it, but I didn't go back to it. Yeah. And it, That's I it. I won't watch it again. Was, and I knew there was, the, yeah. There's a reason I kind of haven't gone back to it. Not because it's a bad film, but I don't think it's quite at the top of Pixar's ability. Yeah, exactly. I think it's Pixar, to their great credit, are pretty much A plus all the time. Yeah. And this is maybe an A minus. It's better than planes and trains and cars. Yeah. So, Sam, what film are we going to do next week? Oh, next week we're going to watch another Coen Brothers film. Not not that Joel Coen. Um, this film is <laughs> arguably... For, what, Garfield yeah. <laughs> for some people, this is arguably the best Coen Brothers film. Um, and it's The Big Lebowski. Hugh, what do you know about The Big Lebowski? Now, now I'm looking forward to watching this one because this was one of our um, core films that we said that when we were discussing making this podcast that I hadn't seen, you know, along with It's a Wonderful Life. And, yeah, uh, long Shining before we and... put Blue Ruin and Place Beyond the Pines on that list, this was one of the first ones. Yeah, along with The Master, actually, which is another yeah. one that we still need going true, to get true. to at some point. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I've seen the first maybe... Five minutes of it in the past before before we came up with the podcast idea, and I can't remember the reason I stopped watching it. So I've seen I've seen probably the first five, maybe ten minutes of this film about five years ago. Right. Okay. Do you know much about the plot? But I don't. I haven't. I I know that something vaguely about there's a guy called the Big Lebowski. The dude. Sorry, no, he's called the dude. That's right. That's, I know that. I've seen enough pop culture to know that he's called the dude. It's one of these films that's kind of in the, always in the zeitgeist. Yeah, it's a Halloween costume. And gets referenced you know, quite a lot. It's a meme and all that. Yeah, so my understanding is it's a guy called the dude. And I have seen that bit where he's like, oh, I'm not Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude, the duderino. <laughs> some, sort of, some sort of bit of dialogue like that. Um, so I've seen that bit. So I think there's basically, he gets confused for somebody called... Mr. Lebowski, I don't know his first name, and I think maybe the local mobsters might go after him. I think um, I've not read the synopsis on IMDb or anything like that. I've, I've actively avoided kind of trying to find out more about it. Over well, that's years. good. I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, like I said, um, I know there's a scene where he's dreaming and he's having like an opera-esque sort of dream where he's flying Julianne Moore around <laughs> and like a dancer or something. She's like dressed like a Valkyrie. So I've, I have seen bits of that over the years, but yeah, I can't, I can't wait. So if I'm being and really to be honest, honest, I'm looking forward to it as well because like to come clean, I, I think I've only seen it once quite recently. Um, so I might, it's nice you got I might employ, uh, yeah, that'll do it. I might employ a specialist to come in and help us talk about that. Uh, a, specialist. a specialist? Okay. I mean, do you know any cardiologists? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a heart film, but, you know, a, a Lebowski specialist. A Lebowskist. A Lebowskist. A Lebowskist. So we can look forward to that, listener. So, Hugh, it only remains so for we'll me to some ask... some Lebowskiology. Some Lebowskoscopies. Um, it only remains to be asked uh, if the listener wants to get in touch and tell us, you know, what they think about, like, your opinion, man. Uh, how could they do that? Yeah. So what they need to do, Sam... Is they need to overpopulate the earth with rubbish. They they're, they're making a good start. Sure is there a human being there now? Yeah, we've got we've got some we've got some uh, we've got, yeah we've we're getting on with it. <laughs> um, I was reading the other day. Apparently, a scientist said we're only six months away from the uh, famous tipping point. <laughs> so that's terrifying. 
uh, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> is that the one where one the, the ship turns on its side and we all go sliding down and crushing each other? No, it's that um, it's that TV show, the game show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm only six months away from You know, where that. they basically play that game that you played at the arcade yeah, when you were a kid. Penny Falls. For more money. And questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Penny Falls, that's And something. inoffensively that's attractive Yeah, hosts. so they need to... Yeah, yeah I know the ones inoffensively what Ben yeah he's, he's, he's just one of those handsome <laughs> he's inoffensively handsome attractive but not sexy men you know you know the type oh right just okay. perfectly symmetrical uh, no but not until you mentioned it perfectly then. symmetrical you know so, presentable Ken doll essentially yeah, is what you're saying but, ben but not sexy you know but, you know all those yeah your nan would be happy if you were married yeah. to him I bet I bet his wife's nan's delighted for Americans listening think um, uh, what's the guy um Oh, Ryan, Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest. Yeah, inoffensively handsome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, you know, dead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you are Ben Shepherd, write into about this, about, into us about uh, our opinions of you, Wally, the Big Lebowski, you can do that by getting in touch with us at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com. <laughs> That's quite quick. Sam, though. if they want to get in touch with us using a bit more of a, you know, 2000 and noughties method of communication, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they want to step it up 10 years, what happens? So do stick then? the AOL CD ROM into your um, into the tower of your PC. <laughs> Fire you up don't Windows need AOL 95. CD ROM, Sam. That's the point I'm trying to make. Oh, I see, right, naughty stuff. Uh, so I think mm. probably Twitter would be the best way to do that. We are available on Twitter. I think you're right. <laughs> We're available on, on Twitter at Please Watch Pod. Uh, or Patreon never going to be sponsored don't ever give us money because we'll never ask for it uh, that's another alternative if you want so I mean you can give me money if you see me in the street and go oh, I'll let you, put you can't this, you give know. give Hugh the money I, I, I don't want it I don't want it um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, listener thanks for listening and that and we love you and yeah. we'll talk at you we do, a week we do. from now yeah bye, bye.